is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Oh, a wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. There's no hangover for the relentless Blues who marked their fourth consecutive league win with a fourth consecutive clean sheet away at Shrewsbury at the weekend. Sadie has got it and Sadie is driving towards the penalty area, plays Kamara in, chance for Kamara, goal! Kamara has his second of the game, this time finishing inside the near post. Porter the running away with it. Pompey sealed a 3-0 victory at New Meadow on Saturday, a result which has confirmed them to be top of the charts at Christmas, with a game to spare until the festivities too. Marlon Pack got in on the act at the weekend, scoring in between an Abu Kamara brace up in Shropshire. We'll be hearing from the Norwich Loney on the show tonight. He's been talking about his brace at the weekend and how hard he had to work to get it. First 10 minutes, I hardly touched the ball, but like as we just kept plucking away, like the chances were coming and I could tell there was a goal in it for me. So for it to come today, it was a good feeling. Full reaction to come from that game, as well as a look ahead to the next. It's EFL Trophy action for the Blues in midweek, and head coach John Massinho will help us to preview the visit of Wimbledon to PO4 and discuss his delight in his side's recent performances. If you look at Bolton versus Northampton, Shrewsbury, sort of contrasting ways to win games, and that's really pleasing as well because we don't just want to be one-dimensional, we want to make sure that we've got you know, sort of um, yeah, many strings to our bow. And of course, Blues fans, this is the opportunity for you back home to get in touch with the show. What did you make of Saturday's performance at Shrewsbury? How many changes would you make for tomorrow's EFL Trophy Clash with the Dons? And what do you think the score will be at Fratton Park? All the usual ways, it's 81400 on the text, starting those messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com, find us on Twitter at expressfm, or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We're very much looking forward to hearing from you tonight here on 93.7 FM. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes, good evening. Welcome to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, brought to you as ever by our good friends over at Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app right now from the Apple App and Google Play Store. You can view up-to-date timetable information and prepay for your ticket as well. On the show between now and 7 o'clock then, plenty of Pompey action to get through with myself and my two studio guests. We also want to hear from you back home before we love you and leave you in in just under 55 minutes' time. But we're going to start the show as we quite often do, and that is a revisit of Saturday's action, where the Blues headed up to New Meadow to take on Shrewsbury Town at the time in 11th position. Pompey had gone into the game off the back of three consecutive victories in League One, all without conceding a single goal. That, of course, coming off the back of a 4-0 defeat at home to Blackpool just a few weeks prior. Despite the returning of Colby Bishop from injury, John Massino made zero changes from the 2-0 victory at home to 
Bolton Wanderers just a few days prior. On the commentary up at New Meadow, Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham. Everything we do is passionately pompy. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. And we are underway, and Pompey are in their white and grey away strip. Shrewsbury are in their usual home colours, mainly blue, with... I'll call it a royal blue with a yellow trip. Morel to the left-hand side, Sparks is in lots of space. Sparks to get across in is a good one. And the header is down from Kamara. It will it fall for Lane, into the middle. Still there and over the bar from Yenge. That's the chance, and Poppy can't take it, nil-nil. With time left, Sparks is going to drive the ball, give it to Pack, and Raggett and Shockley head forward, and this will be the final attack of the first half. It'll be a long throw into Shrewsbury penalty area. One header away from Shrewsbury will do, and that would see the end. Then it goes to the danger area. Not quite get on the end of it. Kamara! He's put it in the back of the net! And Portsmouth have scored! Abu Kamara! How did he contort his body to get to that ball? And he stabbed it into the roof of the net. And Portsmouth have got the lead right at the end of the first half. Shrewsbury nil, Portsmouth one. Sparks over halfway for Poppy and Lane's in all kinds of space and Robertson's got his hand up in the middle and there's four to aim for and a fifth arriving and Lane's into the box, Lane across the middle and the ball's in the back of the net and Marlon Pack has converted and scores at the meadow for the second straight season. Great work from Lane, he gets the assist and Pack just opened his body and slotted it past the goalkeeper from close range. Shrewsbury nil, Portsmouth two. And uh, then Morrell loses it and driving forward is Shipley, looking out to the left, Benning, the substitute is forward, Benning trying to get across and his left foot does into the penalty area, chance for Mata, and he puts it over the bar, clearest opening Shrewsbury have had of this second half, it's still 2-0 pop. And Sadie has got it, and Sadie is driving towards the penalty area, plays Kamara in, chance for Kamara, goal! Kamara has his second of the game, this time finishing inside the near post, and Kamara will go and celebrate with the Pompey fans away to our right, Porter the running away with it, Another away victory will be confirmed. Shrewsbury Town nil, Portsmouth three. And that means Shrewsbury are able to pick it up again, but there's no time to get another ball into the penalty area because the full-time whistle has gone here at the New Meadow. It's finished here. Shrewsbury Town nil, Portsmouth three. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there from Pompey's fourth consecutive victory in League One and a fourth straight clean sheet as well. Let's take a look at some of the other results from across the weekend. Then Barnsley and Charlton shared a one-all draw over at Oakwell. Uh, previously second place, Bolton Wanderers suffering their own hangover from the defeat to Pompey last Monday. They lost at home to Bristol Rovers by two goals to one. Elsewhere, Cambridge United under new manager Neil Harris were 2-1 victors over Blackpool at the Abbey, with Carlisle United and Northampton sharing a 2 all draw up in Cumbria. Elsewhere, Cheltenham Town 1, Leighton Orient 2, Derby County 1, Wickham Wanderers 1, Fleetwood nil, Peterborough 1, Lincoln City 1, Reading 1, Oxford United 3, Burton Albion nil, Port Vale 3, Wigan Athletic 2, Shrewsbury nil, Pompey 3 of course, and then Stevenage 1. Exeter City 1. And uh, we have a new team up in second place in League 1 
as things stand. Peterborough United have leapfrogged Bolton up into second. Bolton themselves dropping down into fifth position. They now uh, are off the back of two straight league defeats and winless in the last three league matches. They're down in fifth on 39 points. Pompey remain at the top of the tree and have confirmed their position at the top of League One for the Christmas period. The Blues now have 48 points on the board, seven points clear of second place Peterborough with only one game of course between now and the Boxing Day fixture away at Bristol Rovers elsewhere in the playoffs Oxford United in third Stevenage fourth Bolton we mentioned there in fifth and Derby County in sixth position down at the bottom Cheltenham Town rooted to a spot at the foot of the table with 13 points Reading Fleetwood and Carlisle United other sides uh, just above them also joining Cheltenham in the relegation zone. A reminder as well, Fleetwood Town have been defeated in each of their last four league matches. They have uh, three fallen over the last few weeks and they travel down to PI4 this coming Saturday. That's a game we'll be previewing on the next instalment of the Football Hour on Friday night. But first and foremost, let's welcome in our two studio guests for this evening's conversation, of course, where we review the action from Saturday and take a look ahead to tomorrow's visit of Wimbledon in the EFL Trophy. First and foremost, please welcome Mr Alex Fletcher. Alex, a very good evening and uh, thank you very much for calling in once again tonight, mate. Evening, Jake. Thanks very much. And alongside myself and Alex, Mark McGee also joining us over the powers of the internet. Mark, fantastic to have you. Thanks, Jake. Happy to be here, buddy. And Mark, happy to be here, but I, I should imagine hopefully mainly due to the result on Saturday. It's another win for Pompey, four consecutive victories in League One for John Massinho's side. And, you know, we, we spoke about it on Friday night. We spoke about it in the previous editions of the show. But what a response that is from that 4-0 defeat to Blackpool. You couldn't have asked for much more, could you? No, and um, unless I'm mistaken, Jake, I don't actually believe we've conceded since Blackpool either. No. So, um, you know, there's something to be said for the fact that there was a lot of doom and gloom and it felt like things were maybe, you know, it, we were going for a, we were about to enter like a phase where we were going to be tested, um, especially with Regan Pauls being uh, being ruled out for the season. But I tell you what, um, Sean Raggett's come in and been an absolute like colossus at the back. He's gone about his business quite quietly, but um, I think we need to talk more about the fact that we've registered, you know, what, three clean sheets now mm-hmm. on the trot. Um, and um, Raga hasn't really put a foot wrong, really. No. And it's a very good point, isn't it, Alex? Because it's not just the response to the Blackpool defeat. It's it's four wins. It's uh, four wins on the bounce, four consecutive clean sheets as well. And all in the absence of Regan Paul. So it's not only a phenomenal, a phenomenal achievement within itself, getting those re- performances and results over the line, Alex, but to do so with one of the key figures of the team, out injured for the remainder of the season is a great testament, as Mark's alluded to, to Sean Raggett for stepping up to the plate and, and really making it look as if nothing could change, really. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the sign of a, of a decent team and, and, and decent coaching staff as well. They've been able to, you know, adapt to the fact that there's obviously some issues in terms of injuries. And obviously we had other injuries as well. Pac's been out for time. Obviously, we lost Scully earlier in the season. Um, um a few others that have been out as well. And, and, and still from there, we've been able to kick on and been able to find results. And the players that have come into the team have been really strong and they've really performed. I mean, Sean Raggett, I think, was always a solid defender. I think it was unlikely that he was going to retain a, a first-team spot when Regan Paul came in. But I tell you what, in terms of a player that needs to take a chance, and it's a, it's a very, very big chance considering it's likely to be for the uh, the remainder of the season, he's, he's stepped up incredibly well and it's been absolutely fantastic to see the way that he's improved. And it's good to see that, obviously, the coaching staff, they're not just 
you know, putting players in there because they've got no one else. They're looking to develop and they're looking to improve these players. And as much as I think Raggett will probably never get to the level of Regan Paul on the ball, as it were, and playing out from the back, he's still an incredible asset to the team. He's performed so well over the last few weeks and mm. is, is, is a goal scorer as well, particularly from those set pieces where we've been so strong this season. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, seeing Raggett play the way he is and seeing the entire team play the way they are, considering a lot of them probably didn't start the first couple of games of the season is is, is is an absolute joy and well long may it continue long may it continue indeed Mark where does that now leave Riley Towler however because he was such a a, a prominent name within Pompey starting 11 <laughs> towards the back end of the last season when John Massinia was appointed of course Danny Cowley dismissed from his role as head coach of Portsmouth Football Club um, Richard Hughes brought in Riley Towler John Massinia came in he, he was starting pretty much week in week out and it looked to be that he had you know quite a future at Fratton Park and you know may still have a, a big future at Fratton Park but are you surprised to see a not get as much game time this season as perhaps many would have expected yes yes and no um i think obviously all players like rely on confidence and form um so i can't i don't think too much can be um taken into consideration but i did you know the times i've seen riley this season especially in previous season um my own opinion was that he didn't offer the sharpness um that perhaps sean ragger uh shaughnessy or Regan Paul uh, offered. Um, I think I was at the Wimbledon game and uh, in preseason, and I, I found him to be uh, sort of being bullied, and uh, maybe 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 wasn't. I, th- I think I think you know I, I still think he's got a lot of areas of his game that he needs to improve, but he's only going to improve by playing, right? So, but we're fortunate with the fact that we we know that when he has confidence and he has a good run of games and he's match fit, he's a good solid player, and we know he's really young as well. So I, you know, I don't see a problem in maybe even considering shipping him out on loan to, to gain some experience. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to be disappointed. Back to the league table, Alex. We mentioned Pompey, of course, top of the League One standings. 48 points on the board. Goal difference of plus 21. Peterborough in second with 41 points with a similar goal difference. Bolton are now dropping down to fifth. Um, 39 points, nine points behind the Blues, albeit with one game in hand. Now only a goal difference of plus 16. Um, goes to show, Alex, doesn't it, how much can change within the space of a week? Because if, of course, Bolton had beaten Pompey at Fratton Park, this time last week they would have leapfrogged the Blues at the top of the table and still had that better goal difference and then of course they go uh, to play Bristol Rovers on Saturday and that could have been a different story so a lot can change at the click of a finger and it really emphasises how much of an important victory that was last Monday not just for, for Pompey's perspective continuing that momentum and getting the win at Shrewsbury on Saturday but it seems to have left a bit of, bit of a mark on Ian Everett's side too Yeah exactly and I think that um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not obviously just about you know, picking up three points and, and, and even just about being able to put some distance between yourself and the rivals, as you've mentioned there, the potential knock-on effect of a defeat like that and the fact that they've, you know, had a defeat against us, you know, not too dissimilar against uh, the, to our defeat, let's say, against Blackpool, very, very, you know, demoralising and a very, very difficult result to take. The way that we've responded to that defeat has been incredible and the fact that they've not like had 10 men for the majority of the game, that might make it a bit difficult for them, but they've not been able to respond immediately. So that, obviously gives us some breathing space it gives us some confidence that perhaps we've got that sort of stronger mentality within the team that we're able to respond to those kind of things and listen I think the teams that will be out there I think Bolton and Peterborough will be the two teams challenging for automatic promotion I think that you can't discount Oxford it'll be interesting to see where they go and I think Derby as well they'll be making some 
some moves. Whether they get towards the top two, I'm unsure, but they'll certainly be in the playoff mix. So there's still some very, very good teams that we're still to play. Obviously, you've got a big run sort of March, April time. I think we play most of those teams, but you know, we've, we've shown that we shouldn't fear anybody. Absolutely. At this stage of the season, I think we've been able to beat Peterborough, beat Bolton. We've got mm. Point of Derby, these kind of teams. You know, we've not really lost against any of those rivals. So it's, it's a really, really positive um, statement, I think, obviously, going into that Christmas period. And again, going back to what you were saying about Riley Taller as well, I think, like, when you look at this Christmas period and all these busy fixtures, that's when your squad very much comes into play. And so far, we've utilised the squad so well. So... Again, I keep saying long may it continue because <laughs> as a Pompey fan, I'm always sceptical yeah. about how long it will go on for. But I'm enjoying the ride right now, I must say. Difficult, isn't it, Mark, to not get too ahead of ourselves at the moment because this is the third time Pompey have been top of League One um, at Christmas time over the course of the last seven seasons since, of course, that promotion from League Two back in 2017 and uh, obviously previous two occasions have not ended in promotion. It quite often does for a side at the top of uh, League One at Christmas time. They do tend to go and get promoted, but not for Pompey. Um, so whilst we are visibly very impressed with what we're seeing so far and very delighted with with how Pompey season is going at this current moment in time. Is there still that tinge of doubt in the back of your mind, Mark, that this could all go wrong just like that and that sort of winter January capitulation could very much still happen? As much as we don't believe it will because things are a little bit different this year, does it still play on your mind a little bit mentally? Yeah, a little. I mean, look, we've been without Colby Bishop and Regan Paul, who arguably are our two most influential players. Um, throw in Joe Morrell and Marlon Peck. I think, you know, those that spine is like such an important part of our team. We've shown that, especially in the last few games, without those players, we're still able to win. And we're able to win well as well. We're not we're not scratching uh, or scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're, we're going out there and we're not... We're not stopping our formula for anything. It reminds me a lot of Spurs and the way that, and that's a strange comparison, but I like the way that we stick to our guns, that, you know, wherever we have our best players or our slightly sort of, you know, squad depth players playing, mm-hmm. um, we still stick to our guns. We still play the, the, the attractive attacking football that wins us games and has got us into the position we've got. Um, and, I, and I don't want to get carried away, like you say, Um but I did hear an interesting statistic the other day. <laughs> this probably is going to be a bad open, so I'm sorry. But, um, you know, I think if we were to win 15, the next what? If we were, win, we were going to win 15 games mm-hmm. out of the next 26, that would give us 93 points. No team has ever not achieved promotion <laughs> with 93 points. And 15 wins from the next 26 games based on how we've done so far. It sounds easy. <laughs> Sounds very easy considering the, the start Pompey had to the campaign. No, I agree. Uh, Mark, thank you. Right, we'll be get uh, back very soon. We'll get more reaction to Pompey's 3-0 win at Shrewsbury uh, right after the break. Where we'll also take a listen to Abu Kamara's post-match interview. He talks about Saturday's win and how important it was to get the opening goal at such a crucial time in the game. Going in 1-0 at half-time, it obviously makes them have to go on the front foot. So they were trying to press us and that just created a lot of more space for us to play and create opportunities. Stay tuned for more reaction to Saturday's win at New Meadow as well as a look ahead to tomorrow's visit of Wimbledon in the EFL Trophy where myself, Alex and Mark return for part two of the Football Hour here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. 
Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes, good evening. Welcome back along to the Football Hour, which is brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Make sure you head on over to stagecoachbus.com for more information on timetable updates and route changes too. You join myself, Jake Smith, alongside Alex Fletcher and Mark McGee on this latest instalment of the show, and which we have so far um, digested a little bit into Saturday's 3-0 win for Pompey away at Shrewsbury Town. And before I bring the lads back in, uh, an email here from Linda, who's got in touch, saying, what a difference the last two games uh, on Monday, the quick start and the high press put us on the front foot straight away and we had a slice of luck when they missed their open goal. On Saturday, they had to be patient and break down a team who had parked a bus in front of their goal. In previous seasons, we would have run out of ideas and probably not made the breakthrough. This is the difference this season, but both matches scoring just on half-time gave us a great start for the second half play at Pompey Linda uh, on the emails there. and uh, Mark, Linda's highlighted something there which we, we heard in this sort of teaser clip from Abu Kamara right before the break that Pompey scoring right on the stroke of half-time on Saturday uh, was integral uh, as to setting the pace of that second half up in New Meadow and very reflective too from of course the Bolton game 44 minutes on the clock there when Kolashok Nessie headed in to the back of the net in front of the Milton end. Um, Pompey are finding ways to break down teams in, even when they are actually finding it quite difficult to start games as potentially as quickly as they'd, they'd like to. But getting goals at those crucial times is, is, is you know, really, really important in getting these victories over the line. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think, um, you know, uh, it's a different Pompey side. I think we're almost expecting that last-minute winner now or we're expecting that, like, go on half-time, mm. especially with the fact that I think last season I wouldn't even think that Pompey were able to do that, you know. Um, but this season we just seem like a different weapon. Um, and you know what? When you need a goal and Jack Sparks gets a corner, you're feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that man can put a ball in a sixpence. His delivery this season has been absolutely outstanding. Um, and it's just the constant tempo as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're pushing for a goal. We're not giving a, the, the opponents a moment's rest. And I honestly am at a point now where I'm like, it's, it's when, not if. Um but yeah, being able to score in half time, it almost feels like a tactical masterclass by, um, <laughs> by by the management. I don't know, like, but we seem to strike the opponent at like a very, a very important like mental stage yeah. uh, in the game. And I think that's again another another omen and a good sign of. Um, of a, of a team doing very, very well. Yeah. And that goal scored on a stroke at half time. It was 45 plus two um, of one additional minute, of course. The throw in had been awarded before that first minute was up. So Pompey were allowed to take it. Marlon Pack with the long throw um, bounced inside the Shrewsbury box and uh, very surprising not to see a defender get on it and clear the ball away. But nonetheless, it bounced over um, quite a few heads uh, to Abu Kamara at the back stick, hooking his right foot around the ball and uh, smashing it into the back of the net. Um, 
Alex, something that Abu Kamara, over the last few weeks, he's been playing more on the right-hand side as opposed to the left-hand side, where John Messino's decided to put uh, Paddy Lane over the last few matches. Abu Kamara on the right-hand side, does it go without saying he's looking a bit more of a positive player in that slightly different role? I think so, definitely. I think he's, he's shown real promise as the season's gone on, but obviously with the, the way the injuries have worked out and Paddy Lane coming back into that team... Um, it's it's been um, it's it's been so nice to just see the development of a player like that. He's, he seems so confident now to to take players on. He's adding goals into his game. He's taken both the finishes on Saturday were really really accomplished, and and that does provide the ability for Lane to to, to be on that uh, that opposite flank. And they they seem to work well together. They've both got goals in their game, which takes the pressure off of Colby Bishop in the middle. I think that's a problem we had last season where Colby Bishop had a. a incredibly high percentage of our goals as the season went on mm. it's nice to see that they're spread out throughout the team a little bit more so yeah I, I, again it's it's just another really really positive I, I, I'm in danger of being so incredibly positive this evening because <laughs> because as, as, as we all know we're all football fans and we're all very sceptical but it's just another thing that's working very very well whatever Massinho is doing at the moment whatever decisions he's making mm. 99% of the time they seem to be working out and you know, touch wood hopefully that, that that continues on for the remainder of the season we speak there about Abu Kamara getting the first goal on Saturday of course the score 1-0 in favour of the Blues at New Meadow at the interval and then a 62nd minute goal from the captain Marlon Pat converting from close range bit of a tap in after some great work on the left hand side through Paddy Lane and then with 6 minutes of play remaining Abu Kamara with his second and Pompey's third of the game, uh, fed through exquisitely by Christian Sadie and thundering the ball up into the roof of the net right in front of the uh, 1,400 or so travelling Blues fans up in Shropshire. We're going to get more reaction to that win on Saturday from both Mark, Alex and hopefully more from you back home tuning in, listening to the show. But first, we're going to hear the post-match assessment of Abu Kamara speaking with Max Watson. Abu, congratulations on the goals, congratulations on the win. How did you find out there? It was good. I'd say first 10 minutes I hardly touched the ball but like as we just kept plucking away like the chances were coming and I could tell there was a goal in it for me so for it to come today it was good it was a good feeling a brace for you just talk us through your first goal um, the first goal it was Marlon had a long throw and he I saw that like, I was judging the fly of the ball and I just saw it bounce in the box so I thought let me just get my arm across my my man at the back post and I done that and he tried to pull me down obviously I had to show him a bit of strength but yeah I got across him and just tapped it in I was going to say, I've watched a few replays. It did look to appear as you're falling back as you, as you finished it. How difficult was it to tap that one home? Um, I've got quite long legs, so it wasn't too hard tapping in, but I didn't know where the ball went. So when I looked up and saw it in the back of the net, it was good. And you just talk us through your celebration with Cass at the end? Uh, it's a little French dance that my boy was telling me to do, and Cass knows about the dance. So he said, when I was running over, Cass was just like, do the dance. So we just done it. How crucial was the timing of that goal, do you think? Um, I think it was good because, like, Going in one nil at half time it obviously makes them have to go on the front foot so they were trying to press us and that just created a lot of more space for us to play and create opportunities. What did the gaffer say to you at half time? Because you boys look to come out with, with real purpose and looking to build on what you've just done in that first half. He says the same thing, just don't let it slip, like we've done well to get here, just keep going and step on the gas really, keep keep the foot on the gas. You got your second quite late on, just talk us through that one as well. Uh, so i just seen Chris Sadie get on the half turn, good ball through to him. So when he's taken the touch, I just thought, let me just run in behind. 
I screamed for the ball. Chris saw me, played on my back foot. The touch just set up the goal, really. I just saw my boot eye and luckily it went in. Is it fair to say you're loving life out there on the right? Yeah, it's, it's much more comfortable, but I'm happy wherever on the pitch, really, but on the right it's just a bit more comfortable. How nice was it to run off in celebration in front of that away end as well? <laughs> no, it was good. Like, I literally just lifted up my arms. I just got grabbed over there. Like, it was good. I like celebrating with the fans. How important do you think today was in terms of building on a performance, especially after the hard work you put in on Monday? I would say it's pretty big. Like, we just need to keep going and hopefully we can extend the, the league at the top of the table. Talking of Monday, you seem to have come off injured in the second half. So how much hard work and effort has gone in from you this week to, to get you to where you are today? When I came off, it was pretty difficult because I was just thinking, will this be all right? But we got back into the training ground, done a bit of rehab, and it was good to go like Thursday, Friday. So to be back in the side after that is really good. Just finally, what's the mood like in the dressing room in there? Ah, it's great. Like everyone's just buzzing at the minute. Like we're doing well, so and everyone's so close together as well. And I think that translates to what we do on the pitch. That there, Abu Kamara speaking after Saturday's 3-0 win for Pompey away at Shrewsbury. A victory, of course, marking Pompey's fourth in a row, a fourth consecutive clean sheet and extending their lead at the top of League One to seven points over what is now currently second place, Peterborough United. Um, going back to the events of the game, Mark, we mentioned very briefly before that interview, Marlon Pack getting the second of Pompey's three goals at the weekend. And uh, we spoke on Pompey Live actually pre-game, talking about how uh, there's been a lot of goal scorers within this team. Uh, but which area of the pitch, I was asked, would I have wanted to see Pompey get a few more goals from? And the answer I gave was midfield, because Marlon Pack prior to Saturday hadn't scored since. Um, the game gets late to Norrent away from home back in August and of course that's not his role particularly and he has spent quite a considerable amount of weeks out injured so I'll let him off but nonetheless Mark is it refreshing for you to see goals coming from all over the pitch rather than just you know Colby Bishop and Cassini Yenge for example yeah it is yeah yeah and, and, and I think that's another like part of the excitement of watching us this season it's that like a goal can come from anywhere it's not just a straightforward run at playing into the Colby and Colby being starved of service and the fans and the crowd getting frustrated. It's every player is like feeding into that, like uh, that, that tactic that we just want to uh, get into the box, get a goal. Um, and I, I, I think a lot of it is down to recruitment. I think, you know, if we're not going to get a goal from somewhere, but we've also got options on the bench as well, which, which is something I feel like we haven't had for a long time. I think there were days gone by where, you know, you'd look at the bench and you'd think, right, well, you know, <laughs> if we're not going to score with the team that's on the pitch, mm. we don't have a lot of faith in what's on the bench. But it's nice to have that strength and depth now. And you know what? Like, just like if Cassini Yang is an example um, against Bolton, like, you know, going into that match, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I want to give him a go. You know, I think that's fair. I think he's earned his, earned his starting place. But what a performance he put in, like absolute monster against a guy who is an absolute giant of a defender in League One and, and, and knows the league well. And he just put him on his ass, and 
I think that just is testament to how we're playing this season. And, and yeah, like you say, the goals are just coming from everywhere. On the subject of Pompey's midfield as well, Alex, we mentioned Marlon Pack, of course, returning in recent weeks. Joe Morrell, too, from suspension, um, came straight into the side on Monday night last week against Bolton Wanderers. And, and many were sort of deliberating whether that was fair, of course, and Christian Sadie, who as a result had to drop out. But with Morrell now alongside Pack, more in that holding midfield area, Alex Robertson's been allowed that bit more three in that sort of number 10 role in behind the striker. Uh, two questions, I guess, for you, Alex. First of all, are you seeing more of a controlled midfield now that Morel is partnering Pack again? And and what kind of difference have you seen in Alex Robertson's play, if any, of course, um, a little bit further forward in recent weeks? Yeah, I think you can you can definitely tell the difference when um, when Robertson's in that sort of, let's call it a number eight role, or maybe in the number 10 role. I think... When we had uh, Christian Sadie playing as well, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's still an option there for that kind of physicality in the midfield. But obviously, Sadie's playing further up the pitch. Now, Robertson's done a very good job wherever he's been, but when he is in that number ten position, he just he looks to take on players more. He looks to perhaps you know pick up those passes. He can still drop in, but then if you've got someone like him dropping in, who can easily beat a man, who can turn a player, knock the ball out wide, and is then making that run forward, it, it's it's still a you know, sort of really positive kind of way of playing, I think. Um, we know Joe Morrell. I mean, Joe Morrell doesn't like to shoot. He isn't someone who necessarily is famed for his goal scoring. I think when we're in the attack, Marlon Pack certainly moves a lot further forward. It's where he was obviously mm. able to pick up his goal against Shrewsbury. So I think something like that where, where you're in attack and you've got those two midfielders that are, are kind of pushing on. You've almost got one sitting midfield, that's Morrell, who can dictate the play around that edge of the box or in the midfield or in that midfield area. And when you've got control of the ball and when we've got control of possession like we have in the last few games, it you don't have to go at it, you know, 100% straight away. You can probe. You can, I dare I say, it's a Man City style of, of play in many respects. You can probe. You can find those gaps. You can find those openings. And I think, as Mark alluded to earlier, the, the timing of the goal was, was really, really positive. Uh, I think it was the email, actually, the timing of the goal on Saturday and, and indeed against Bolton. That allows you to have a lot more joy when you're, when you're trying to press through because you've been able to already establish that lead. So, yeah, I mean, they're all, they're all in, in, in great form, as are, as are as I keep saying, the entirety of the team at the moment. I love that, Alex. Let's not get too carried away. But we are playing like Man City. <laughs> Although that's probably not a good thing at the moment. I, I, I said it was a Man City style. I'd say <laughs> we're playing like Man City. I'll let you off. I'll let you off. You know, <laughs> I think Pep Guardiola's been knocking on John Messino's door just yet. I think he will be soon, mate. They're not doing too well. Maybe, well, well, no. I hope not. <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, Massinho's staying. I mean, he's not going to Man City or Plymouth either. John Massinho, no. hopefully, will be staying at Fratton Park. Um, Scott Turnbull on Twitter after the game on Saturday saying, this group that Massinho and Richard Hughes have both assembled is ridiculous. I don't think we even got out of second gear on Saturday. Keep going, lads. Another game ticked off the uh, thoughts there of Scott uh, over on Twitter. And if you're familiar with the name Nappers, uh, Ben Knappman, uh, young Fleetwood fan, content creator uh, on Twitter and on YouTube with some uh, really interesting stats from the weekend not just sort of involving Pompey but the entirety of League One as well he's calculated the points per game um, just based around the current performances of the teams of course in this division if everyone in the division carries on the way they are Pompey will be champions of League One come the end of April with 105 points. That would smash uh, the points record tally in League One set 
by Kenny Jackett's Wolverhampton Wanderers. Peterborough would be second with 89.8 points, with Bolton in third with 89.7. Oxford Derby and Stevenage would make up the remainder of the playoff places. Down at the bottom, relegated would be Cheltenham, Reading, Carlisle and Fleetwood. Of course, points per game isn't something you read too much into, but it does emphasise the, the kind of trajectory that Pompey are on at the moment. Also an interesting t- statistic, not from Ben himself, but the fact that Pompey are now the only team in the entirety of the Football League and Premier League. So out of those 92 professional sides, Pompey are the only side remaining to be unbeaten away from home this season. They've won 24 points on the road this season, more than any other side in League One, with Stevenage having picked up 22 themselves. Um, Mark, we, we speak about Pompey's, of course, great start to the campaign, being top of the table and all of these really positive factors that is influencing, influencing this, but the away record, to have such a strong backing on the road, to know that you're going to go to these grounds, some, some very difficult grounds as well, might we add, um, and, and know that the team is, is going to have that metal to see out a performance and get the result that they require is um, it, it's going to be huge come the end of the campaign. Yeah, it is. And, and also another thing to you know think about isn't just looking forward, it's looking back like... Mm. That that record might help us when we go for a tough patch. You know, um, we might have to count count on the work we've done so far when, when times get tough. So we've given ourselves a great platform to maybe have a few off games. Um, and someone like Stevenage, I think they played one more game than us. Um, anyway, so I think I, th- I think we've given ourselves the best opportunity. But yeah, you're right. Like to go away from home, and I, th- I think I think it just I think that's another aspect of why this season and this team feels different. Is how frightening they are when they play away. They're, they're just as aggressive uh, as they are um, when they play at home. They, <laughs> every every game is played um, with the same tempo. There's 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 not a time where we go to somewhere like Derby Pride Park and play with our backs against the wall. We're we're, mm. we're always sticking to our tactics, and I think a lot of that comes into the uh, comes from the fact that we have self belief there's just confidence going through the players veins and I think a lot of that is dripped down from uh, John Massino and how he manages the team yeah right Mark thank you very much Alex too do hold tight we'll be back with the final thoughts and score predictions of both of those in just a few moments time we'll also hear from head coach John Massino he's been speaking to George Wedlake previewing tomorrow's EFL trophy tie with Wimbledon talking about the respect he has for the competition We've taken this tournament really seriously since the since the first game. We've made changes, but we've actually wanted to go out and win games. And part of the fact that we've been able to make those changes and still been strong and still won two out of three games, I think shows the strength of the squad and, and where we are at the moment. We'll hear from the gaffer there and from you back home too. Get in touch. It's 81400 on the text, starting your messages with the word express. You can email into sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter. Head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and reach us via the Express FM app. I'll give you a few moments to get your messages in while we head for a very quick break here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Knight Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. 
This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Good evening and welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Supported this season by Stagecoach South. It's time to move on now and look ahead to the Blues' next fixture. EFL Trophy action awaits at Fratton Park and very shortly we'll hear the pre-match thoughts of John Massinho. But first, let's take a closer look at Pompey's round of 32 opponents. Kirsty Roxanne has the lowdown on AFC Wimbledon. Another win on the road means Pompey are still unbeaten away from home in the league this season. John Massinho's side are now on an unbeaten streak of four matches with 10 goals scored and zero conceded within that period. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Now to take some time away from the league and play under the Fratton Park lights in the EFL Trophy. The team that visits us this week is League Two side AFC Wimbledon. Let's take a closer look into them now. Manager. Former player Johnny Jackson is at the helm for the Wombles. Jackson started his playing career at Tottenham Hotspur. During his time at White Hart Lane, he spent many seasons on loan at various lower league clubs. He played for Swindon Town, Colchester United, Coventry City, Watford and Derby County. After being released from Tottenham, Jackson signed on a free transfer with Championship side Colchester United. He made 120 appearances and scored 13 goals over his three years at the club. He signed for Notts County on a three-year contract on an undisclosed fee, however failed to settle into Nottingham and left after just one season and 24 appearances. Jackson finished his playing career at Charlton Athletic. After a short loan spell due to a hamstring injury in the 2009-10 season, he went on to sign for the Addicts, remaining for eight seasons in League One and the Championship. Jackson made a total of 275 appearances and scored 55 goals. He retired at the end of the 2017-18 season and joined Charlton as a coach. After Carl Robinson's departure as manager, it was announced that Jackson would assist Lee Boyer as caretaker manager. Jackson was named permanent manager in December 2021 after achieving nine wins from 13 matches. However, in May 2022, he was dismissed. Jackson was then appointed as manager of League Two club AFC Wimbledon on a two-year deal, replacing Mark Bowen following their relegation from the third tier. One to watch. Our one to watch is ex-Pompey defender Lee Brown. Brown played for Queen's Park Rangers and Bristol Rovers before signing for Portsmouth in 2018. In March 2019, Brown won his first piece of silverware when the Blues won the EFL Trophy, defeating league rival Sunderland 5-4 on penalties. During his time at the club across four seasons, he racked up 131 appearances and scored six goals. In January 2020, Brown joined AFC Wimbledon on a free transfer with the club when they were still playing in League One. He made 15 appearances before relegation to League Two was confirmed. The left-back wears a number three shirt for the Wombles. Top scorer. Number 10, Ali Alhamad is the club's top goalscorer so far this season. The Iraqi professional started his senior career at Wickham Wanderers and he also had a loan spell at Bromley before signing for the Wombles on a two-and-a-half-year deal. Alhamad scored his first goal for Wimbledon in a 2-2 draw with Hartlepool United earlier this year. In March, he was awarded the EFL Young Player of the Month award. So far this campaign, Alhamad has scored 10 league and three FA Cup goals. Current form. Wimbledon currently sits 7th in the League 2 table after accumulating 32 points across 21 matches. Their last five matches have ended in three victories, one draw and one defeat. The Wombles finished 23rd in the League 1 table at the end of the 2021-22 season, which ultimately led to their relegation to the basement division of the Football League. Last season, Wimbledon finished 21st in League 2, narrowly avoiding another relegation. Wimbledon are currently still in the FA Cup as well as the trophy. They progressed to the third round after a 5-0 win over Ramsgate and will play Ipswich Town at home in January. 
To reach the knockout stages of the trophy this season, Johnny Jackson's side finished runners-up in a group containing Wickham, who topped the chart, as well as Stevenage and the Crystal Palace under-21s. So who will progress to the final 16 and take one step closer to Wembley? All of their missable action on Pompey Live. Yes, but thank you there to Kirsty Roxanne for providing a bit more of a lowdown into AFC Wimbledon tomorrow's opponents for the Blues in the round of 32 uh, EFL Trophy tie at Fratton Park. That is a 7.45 to kick off. We'll have coverage here on Express FM from 7 o'clock. And before we do come on to preview that game in a little bit more detail, just a few pointers away from the action on the pitch. Ronan Curtis, who of course was not uh, in agreement of a new contract back at the start of the season, has not been officially a Pompey player, of course, since the tail end of last campaign however over the last few days he has posted a statement on social media and a, a goodbye video to the fans of Portsmouth Football Club it is now officially confirmed that he will not be uh, returning to PO4 as a Pompey player he has of course been uh, training and, and helping to get his fitness back up over the course of the, uh, the sort of start of this season uh, after suffering a horrific ACL injury midway through last campaign but Ronan Curtis we believe according to reports is training with a new club and it just so happens to be tomorrow's opponents AFC Wimbledon who are uh, likely to give the Irishman uh, a lifeline and a way back into English football so we of course wish Ronan Curtis all of the best in his recovery and getting back to match fitness as soon as possible elsewhere Michael Doyle has departed Fratton Park to go and take over as manager of Woking in the National League. Uh, Michael Doyle, of course, appointed as Woking's gaffer. Um, he leaves Pompey's uh, academy. He had held a role at the academy as professional development phase coach and takes his first step into management. So again, we wish all of the best to former Blues captain uh, Michael Doyle, who has taken up the role at Woking. A little bit of news heading into tomorrow. According to our friends and colleagues over at the Portsmouth News, we're likely to see both Tom Lowry and Anthony Scully return to the Match DA team, and it is possible they'll be featured on the bench for the visit of the Dons at Fratton Park in the EFL Trophy. Um, Alex, of course, fits is uh, quite welcome news for any Pompey fan to see not just one player, but two players uh, very, very close to returning from their respective injuries. It's fantastic, and I think it's it's very good timing as well, considering that obviously we've got a very, very busy you know, Christmas period coming up. It's always a tricky time. It's often been a tricky time for us as a team, actually, quite specifically in recent years. So it's great to have them back. Um, I think we've utilised the squad so well this season, considering that those two played towards the start of the season. It'll be, I mean, it's going to be a job getting back in, but obviously if we, if we uh, progress in the EFL Trophy, and I, for one, actually hope we do progress in that competition and try to... Make a make a good go of it. See if we can get back to Wembley. Um, that might not be a particularly popular opinion with our with our <laughs> league form, but having having those kind of games as well, it, these kind of players are going to be very very uh, important to our team. And I think it was a shame for for both of them. Obviously, both of them trying to hit the ground running at the start and picking up those injuries. It's very very difficult, but they've got a second chance. We've got so many more games coming up in, in indeed in in league and possibly even cup, as I've said. So it's it's a very very um, uh, timely. Hmm. Uh, return for for a couple of players and almost brings obviously Regan Paul aside almost brings the uh, team back to full fitness which is fantastic hmm. let's hear the pre-match thoughts of John Massino now Express FM's George Wedlake has been speaking to the Blues head coach at the training ground earlier today so after four wins in a row 10 goals scored and none conceded just how impressed is the Pompey manager 
Yeah, I think the most impressive thing for me was the way that the, the team bounced back from the disappointment at Blackpool, and it was a tough game up at Burton on a Tuesday night. Probably a few question marks being asked of the, the squad externally and internally as well. We hadn't really had that feeling on the Monday morning coming in, having lost the game. So we wanted to see how the lads reacted, and since then they've been absolutely superb. Not just getting the wins, but playing some really good football. I think the Northampton game, the Shrewsbury game in particular, they were really impressive displays on the ball. And then, you know, if you look at Bolton versus Northampton, Shrewsbury, sort of contrasting ways to win games, and that's really pleasing as well because we don't just want to be one-dimensional. We want to make sure that we've got you know, sort of um, yeah, many strings to our bow. Possession-wise, kind of dominated against Shrewsbury. We've seen that a lot this season. There were calls earlier on in the year uh, to be taking more of the chances that we created. Do you feel that you're answering those calls now? Yeah, we we need to we need to obviously make sure we don't keep possession for possession's sake. But on Saturday, a lot of the time, it was just about controlling the game. And uh, sometimes you can't just sort of batter the door down from the first minute. And the more we went into, or the more we grew into the game, I thought first of all we um, we controlled the game even better when we started to move the ball a bit quicker and the other part of it was that we knew that they, they wouldn't be able to sustain sort of pressing like that going side to side um, having to work as hard as they were off the ball so we knew that it would it would be one of those games where chances started to present themselves I think uh, later on and of course earlier in the season I think um, it wasn't necessarily I, I didn't necessarily feel in the games where we didn't score we were creating a huge amount and missing them I, I just thought you know, probably a lack of creativity in a couple of those games Cheltenham and Stevenage really spring to mind but I, I, I don't see that at the moment and it's something we're always trying to keep on top of but um, I do think we are creating chances and you know we're, we're taking our fair share which is really pleasing at the moment. Uh, now that there are goals coming from all over the pitch even with the absence of Colby Bishop recently the goals are still coming we're letting nothing in at the back so when you think of January no it's looming the, the transfer window how and where do you look to strengthen when the team are playing like this? Yeah, so we're not actually looking at anywhere in particular at the moment. We're covering the bases on all positions because we know that between now and the, the turn of the new year, certainly now now until we can actually sign players, we've got five league games. You include that, that Stevenage one, we wouldn't get anyone over the line before then. So a lot can change in between now and then. So we're making sure that we cover plenty of bases. We've got options in, in all areas. Uh, it's one of those strange transfer windows for us where there's nothing specific that we're desperately going out to target at the minute, but we want to make sure that we keep, um, you know, keep our eyes and ears open for anything that does come onto the market and um, yeah, see how the squad progresses probably by, you know, by the end of December. Uh, Abu Kamara scoring two at the weekend, looking very sharp recently. Do you worry about his parent club sort of reading those headlines and thinking about January? I think it's one thing we always have to bear in mind because that's what clubs all, all look to do, but there's a couple of things that I think are working in our favour. Number one, We've spoken to Norwich and, and Norwich have indicated so far that they're not going to recall him. And I think number two, which is related to number one, one of the reasons they aren't going to recall him or they've, they've said they won't is because of how well he's playing and, and the progress that he's making there. If he goes back into Norwich, you know, who knows what sort of role he play. And, and I wouldn't blame them at all if, if he did. Like, no, it's a real compliment, I think, to Abu and how well he's done. But his progress, I think, at, at this stage with Portsmouth is, is only going to help Norwich in the long term. So, yeah, one of those things, if it happens, it happens and, and we'll have to deal with it goes back to the previous question about making sure we've got all our bases covered but um, as it stands at the moment we're, we're comfortable with the situation We're back to EFL trophy action AFC Wimbledon given the current position of the team sort of how important are these games at the tournament as a whole as you get further through it? 
I think, uh, you know, we've we've taken this tournament really seriously since the since the first game. We've made changes, but we've actually wanted to go out and win games. And part of the fact that we've been able to make those changes and still been strong and still won two out of three games, I think, shows the strength of the squad and, and where we are at the moment. So we are taking this game very, very seriously. We want to approach it um, as we would any other game and, and go to win it. It probably gives us a bit more scope to shuffle the team about, definitely. But certainly in terms of you know the way that we want to go about business, we, we want to go and win the game. And um, we put a lot of importance on the competition. And given the younger players the opportunity to get more minutes under their belt, that's where the tournament kind of comes into its own, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes the younger players, we've got to get a nice mix in, in terms of players that deserve to, to pull on the, the shirt for Portsmouth and um, and also, you know, giving them the opportunity to, to show what they can do. It's it got to the stage now where this is a sort of a one-off uh, knockout game, so we need to win it. We need to make sure that we, we put a side out that is, is going to at least uh, give us the best opportunity to do that. If we can give some youngsters minutes in the meantime, then it's a real bonus, but the, the priority for us is to win the game. And finally, coming off the back of the weekend, any more injury news for us? Any updates? Uh, no, nothing in terms of the injury news. Colby uh, came through the game absolutely fine. The rest of the squad, no injury supported um, from the weekend and they've all trained well today. The pre-match sports fair of John Massinho ahead of tomorrow's visit of Wimbledon in the EFL Trophy match. We're going to get score predictions from now. Steve on Facebook is going for a 2-0 Pompey win, whilst Mark on the emails is going for a 4-0 Blues win at Fratton Park tomorrow evening. Alex Fletcher, your score prediction, please, my friend. I think it's going to be a 3-1 win. Alex, great. Thank you very much for that, mate. Uh, Mark McGee, your score prediction, please. For tomorrow night, Pompey taking on AFC Wimbledon in the EFL Trophy. Oh, I will go for a 2-1. Excellent stuff, lads. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to go for a 4-2 Pompey win. Why not? There was goals the last time these two sides met in this competition back at Plough Lane. 5-3 victors were Wimbledon on that night a couple of seasons ago. So, yeah, 4-2 Pompey at Fratton Park tomorrow evening is my score prediction. Right, we've heard the pre-match thoughts of John Massinho tonight. Pompey Live returns from 7 o'clock tomorrow evening and we'll hear that pre-match interview with John Massinho again as well as Terry Devlin. He's also been speaking to George Wedlake at the training ground earlier today. I sort of maybe expected this to be like a bedding-in season where I got had to get used to everything, but I think I've kicked on pretty well this year and obviously getting... Quite a, quite a few appearances under my belt already has really, really helped and, and helped me grow my confidence. So. Talk me through some of those highlights for you so far then at the halfway mark of the season, near enough. Probably, well, the first one would be my debut at Derby that time and, and getting the assist. That sort of probably gave me loads of confidence knowing that I could do it here and I could play at this level. And then just working hard every day and training and kicking on and then obviously getting my goal on, on my first start. It was an amazing feeling that and um, one that I'll remember for a while and... Just have to kick on there and keep going. Catch that interview in full when Pompey Live returns this time tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock live from Fratton Park. Myself, Robbie James and Henry Deacon will have you covered with all of a pre-match build-up, half-time analysis and post-match reaction as the Blues take on AFC Wimbledon in the round of 32 of the EFL Trophy. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey live. Portsmouth are seven points clear at the top of League One. Judge for Kamara. Goal! Kamara is his second of the game. This time finishing inside the near post. Next up, the Blues' attention turns to the last 32 of the EFL Trophy as they face AFC Wimbledon of League Two at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday evening from 7. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. 
And that does, I'm afraid, bring an end to this evening's conversation here on the Football Hour. Big thank you to everyone who tuned in and got in touch via the text, tweets and emails tonight. A big cheers to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another season of the show here on 93.7 Express FM. And the biggest of thank yous goes to my two studio guests, Alex Fletcher and Mark McGee. Alex, first of all, thank you very much for all your contributions tonight. Thank you for all your efforts throughout the course of the year as well. We're getting very close to 2024 and uh, yeah I'm sure we'll see you again in the new year have a great Christmas and a happy new year as well my friend thank you very much Merry Christmas Happy New Year play out Pompey to everyone play out Pompey indeed and those echo those sentiments echoed once again to Mark McGee Mark thank you very much not just for tonight my friend but of course your efforts for the year as well have a great Christmas and uh, we'll speak to you hopefully in 2024 if you're up for it yeah, I think I might be up for that one. Uh, yeah, cheers, Jake. Have a great Christmas and uh, up the blues. Up the blues. Hopefully Pompey's form can continue into the new year as well. Right, coming up here on Express Fem tonight, the Soft Rock Show with Jeff Dorsett straight after the news at 7, followed by That 80 Show with Kevin Stokes and Express Hits with Josh Bowness from 11 through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. Pompey Live back from 7 tomorrow and the Football Hour from 6 on Friday. Until then, Blues fans, take care. Thank you for listening and good night.